What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah hey. and Carrie. What's up? Uh, let's see here. Um, you guys have been playing some new games that have come out. Actually, Carrie, we haven't seen in like like a month. It feels I've been like it's, busy. It's been All a right. while. You're not doing anything to lighten your load either from what I've no. uh, from what we've no. been talking about. No, today I'm not. You. I'm doing the extreme opposite of that. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of being like, wow, I really stretched myself thin. I should stop doing that. And then like signing up for more things to do in my life. So it's a problem that I can sympathize with very yeah. much. So, um, but somehow you've managed to find time mm-hmm. to play a game on your switch that you played seven years ago. Yeah. On my Wii U. Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I finished Tokyo Mirage sessions, sharp F E encore. Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is a game I never actually finished on the Wii U. Like, I got halfway through the final dungeon, sort of hit a wall on a puzzle, and then, like, a different game came out, and I just straight up never finished it. So I actually finished it this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that game's a delight. Um, I've generally referred to Tokyo Mirage as sort of, like, diet persona, because it has a lot of the things that you probably enjoy about the persona as far as the art style and overall gameplay and the dungeon design and um, certain aspects of the battle system and stuff like that. Um, but and while you do have some character focused side quests, you don't have like social skills that you have to level up. You don't have time spent in school doing school things. Uh, it's, it's really a slimmed down persona like experience. So, I mean, I finished the game in like 25, 30 hours or something like that. Uh, whereas like a regular persona title usually takes people between 80 and a hundred hours to finish. So I I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. The music is good. Um, the music is really a a main focus of the game because it focuses on idol culture in Japan. But yeah, it's a good time if you're like if you're a Switch owner and you're like, man, I really want like a Persona-ish experience, but like I don't have a hundred hours to like dump into a Persona game right now. Pick up Tokyo Mirage. It's a lot of fun. The only Fire Emblemy things about it is you have like the weapon triad from those games, and like you have characters that are definitely sharing names with characters from the fire emblem series but bear no resemblance to them whatsoever <laughs> but yeah i mean i'd recommend it if if you are a switch haver and enjoy a good jrpg and look you might as well it's not like you're going to be going outside for the next two months basically yep <laughs> <laughs> uh micah you are playing the new fighting game uh well at least new to the u.s that a lot of folks were Looking forward to Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Yes, uh, this is a uh, fighting game developed by Arc System Works. The people that do uh, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and all that and Dragon Ball Fighters. And um, this has been described before I got it. I, the reason I got it is because this is described as um, an Arc System game. Uh, for the street fighter crowd. Um, and it is, um, it is very beginner friendly. Um, it, it is much slower paced, which I think is where the street fighter comparison really comes in. Cause street fighter is very much a 
slower-paced footsies kind of game, uh, whereas most Arc Systems Worst games are just two dudes running at each other, swinging their arms until, and then the first one to make contact is pretty much dead uh, if, if the other person doesn't drop their damn combo. Uh, and then you bring in the next guy. Mm. Um, yeah, this game is, uh, this game is okay. Um, it's actually pretty good. Um, there, there are, it's beginner friendly. So there's, there's, um, multiple systems going on at one time. And like, there are, there's a, a, a special move, uh, um, shortcut button where, you know, you hold the button, which is a modifier and then you press a direction and then you do a special move or you can do, uh, traditional, you know, quarter circle Z motion, half circle inputs to do your special moves. Now, there's a reason for that. One, the biggest reason is that all of your special moves are on a cooldown, so you can't spam them. You can't, you know, bust a, a sagat and just throw out fireballs all day. Um, all of your special moves are on a cooldown. If they connect, if you do the modified version, then your special move has a longer cooldown than if you do the technical input, um, which goes goes on to help you so it it helps you not focus necessarily on pulling off special moves because that's not what fighting games is it's not all you know dragon punches and fireballs um it's it plays more to it helps you helps train your mind into the the psychology of the game um it's pretty cool um it has this so the big mode that everyone is talking about is this RPG mode uh, where it's it's a it's an RPG and it's a 2D side scrolling RPG in the vein of like the 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 beat 'em ups of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so it's like know, Dragon's Crown in some ways, I guess. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, only not good. <laughs> and and like you still you have your character and you still you know do your special moves and stuff and it's it's just kind of it's just kind of tacked on i mean it's it, it's you know fighting games are trying to appeal to people who don't play online for whatever reason and um well not for whatever reason i get it and and this is just like the new type of story mode that this game has it's not that great um, it's very grindy. Uh, I played it for a few minutes and I put it down. Um, I, I went online, uh, for a few matches and uh, of course got my ass handed to me cause you know, this game has been out <laughs> for months and, uh, I mean, look, I would have sucked anyway, so I'm not <laughs> making that as an excuse, but this game has been out for months and you know, you don't know how, to, how many Smurf, Smurf accounts there are or, uh, but like I said, I would have sucked anyway. But the online for me was really good. It doesn't have rollback net code, which is a big thing for fighting games. Um, and this doesn't have it, which kind of sucks. Um, but it's a solid it's a solid pickup. Uh, if you like fighting games, I would pick it up. If you're just like a casual fighting game fan, you probably don't need to buy this. Um, I would wait for Evo. Check it out. See what high-level play looks like. And if it looks interesting to you, yeah, go ahead and pick it up then. But um, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it so far. Cool. I'm I'm curious if Terrence got this or not, and if so, what he thinks about it. So we'll yeah, I'll be I'll be curious. I don't think he would like this. I don't think he would like this at all. 
he, he's he's a he's much more into faster pace fighting games. Mm. You know, like like I mean, like blisteringly fast. Like like Dragon Ball is you got to have like Jedi reflexes to play that game <laughs> if you if you if you prefer this type of game. So I don't think he would like it, but I'm curious to see if he would play it. Very cool. Um, a lot of new stuff actually came out this week. First and foremost, uh, not content to let the uh, Fortnites and Apex Legends of the world uh, run amok in the uh, Battle Royale mar- uh, marketplace. Uh, Call of Duty released the leaked Warzone uh, game mode today, which if you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, is just a new game mode within the game, but you can also download this for free. Uh, even if you don't have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, within Warzone, there are two different modes. Um, you have your Battle Royale mode, which is a 100-person Battle Royale. Uh, more than 100 people, actually, because you fight in trios, a la Apex Legends. Um, much like a Battle Royale, you parachute in, you find stuff, and you try to be the last person standing. Um <laughs> The new mode, of course, they have the ping function because that's going to be the fucking standard in every game like this going forward from now on. Um, The thing that's kind of new to this game is they have a lot of different ways to re-enter a match. They have self-revive kits. A teammate can res you. Uh, There's also a mechanic called the gulag uh, where you can fight once per match. You can fight a... 1v1 battle against another player, and the winner gets redeployed uh, back into the match hmm. if you get knocked out. And then there's another game mode in here called Plunder, which trios, uh, you're trying to get cash that's scattered throughout the match. Um, and the first squad to get a million dollars in cash uh, starts like a bonus round, and you're trying to have the most money uh, when the time expires, basically. So a couple different modes. Uh, obviously, the plunder uh, seems kind of a more unique take on the Battle Royale genre. Um, but if you really like the gameplay of Call of Duty and want to see what that looks like in Battle Royale and you didn't play Black Ops 4, which had a Battle Royale mode, then you can check out Warzone for free. I was going to say, this yeah. is not the first time they've done this. No, but it's it, it, it was often rumored that they would split this off into a separate game mode that could be available for everybody and yeah i'm sure there's all sorts of ways that you can give activision your money if you really want to within the <laughs> game as well considering that the original game or the the download is free um but that's out today on PlayStation 4, Xbox 1 and PC um also a game that i swear to god i feel like we've been hearing about and seen advertised to for us like for like years. 4 years try uh Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, the Ori sequel, long awaited, uh, comes to Xbox One and, of course, PC. It was announced during E3 2017. So almost almost, so three E3s, basically. Almost four. Um, That feels like a long time to me. And this is also coming to Switch at some point as well, I would assume, considering the first Ori did as well. Uh, another game coming out called Hidden Through Time comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. Uh, My Hero One Just One's Justice Two comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and Neo Two uh, comes to PlayStation Four. So if you want to have your uh, samurai skills tested and your patience tested, 
Uh, definitely check out Neo 2. I know Terrence was a fan of the first game. Uh, Micah, less so. I don't know why I bought that game. <laughs> I really because don't. Well, no. Because apparently there's a law of the universe that says you're not allowed to hold on to money. Uh, yeah. Not yeah, not yeah, not yeah, even literally. that, but it you know, it's 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 dudes with katanas. Like that's yeah, that, that's, that's, that's like a it. siren's it call to Micah, basically. Because I'm a weeb. That's <laughs> that's the real reason. That's but. true. <laughs> uh speaking of weebs if you what do weebs buy i don't know oh that's the amazon read that's not here i'll uh, tell you what i'll look for things that weebs buy and then <laughs> i'll tell you on the amazon read this isn't the amazon okay. read this is the network read you see you can go to densepixels.com slash premium see i switched it up you can go to densepixels.com slash premium and for $5 a month or $50 a year, you can get all the TNB goodness that you could possibly want. You got staples, right? You got staples like the Anger of Grievances, which is back. It's back. The wing. That's right. Because, because uh, I, I, I deliver like dominoes. 30 yeah, minutes sure. or less. <laughs> all it took was a public shaming for Jay to get off his ass <laughs> and get on his job. So we are but seriously, we are going to try and make sure we get those out uh, at least twice a month. Um, no time to bleed. Uh, we'll, is we got a new episode coming this month? Uh, that's our action movie podcast where we sit around and uh, just laugh at ridiculous action movies. Uh, the men with the golden tongues. I mean, this is this is uh, I, this is over liable right here. The men with the golden tongues, like we come out because because Brad and I actually care. Yeah, that should be there should be a new episode of that coming next week because we are planning to record it this weekend. So that's right. Um, full episodes of the Look Forward Political Podcast, which is uh, very exciting. You know, that's a word uh, that you can use to describe yeah, what's going say, on in the uh, world politics right now. So. It it's is not the word I would use, but it's definitely a word. You're you're not excited about the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I am. Um, you get the full, uncut, unfettered episodes of the Look Forward Political Podcast, and 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 because we love you so much, there's a new show. There is. It's, it's called Upstage Conversation. Carrie, my show. Would you like to? Would you like to tell the fine folks? Sure. Uh, Upstage Conversation is a movie musicals podcast, and uh, the first episode came out last week. And Jay and I discussed the 2007 film Hairspray, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the first episode of Upstage is free. Every following episode will be considered premium content. So we're hoping to get that out once a month. Maybe if it really takes off and people demand that I do more, I'll do it twice a month. But as I established not 10 minutes ago, I need to stop stretching myself so thin. <laughs> because speaking of musicals, I got hired to play in a pit orchestra of a local production of Hair, which is very different from Hairspray, let me tell you. Um... So, yeah, my next month is now tied up with doing that. Um, but, yeah, if, if you like movie musicals or maybe even if you don't, uh, stay tuned for more of that. I'll have a rotating co-host slot on that. So uh, I think both of you will 
be on that at some point. I can't wait to do my episode. I listened to the soundtrack today. Did you really? Yes, I did. I love that movie so, so much. I can't wait to do it. I haven't seen the movie from start to finish, which is crazy. Oh, you're going to really love it. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I have seen a stage production of it, though, so I'm very familiar. But in any case, if you want to learn what the hell Micah and I are alluding to, you'll just have to tune into the next episode of Upstage Conversation. So very excited to do that. While you are on the internet, go to youtube.com slash densepixels. You can see Carrie drinking Coca-Cola right now with one of her cats. Is that Ganon or Zelda? That's Zelda. That's Zelda? This is Zelda, yeah. Ah, okay, good. Excellent. Because I was she about to say. She wants to be in the window. So she's uh, not usually up in my grill. Ganon's usually the one who's up in my grill. Fucking Ganon. So fucking needy. <laughs> yeah. You can subscribe to all TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, these include shows like The Nerdpocalypse, The Flagship, the one that got us all here, Black on Black Cinema, new episode coming out, uh, well, a new preview episode coming out soon. Uh, and the episode after that is, it's a doozy. Um, <laughs> coming Distractions, our contemporary movie review podcast, and the weekly preview episodes of Look Forward, just to, just to wet your whistle so that uh, once you hear those two uh, goofballs talk about yell and scream and, and be mad about politics, you'll be like, yo, I got to hear the rest of this. They, they switched it up this week. We actually, uh, not we, because I was on this week's episode, but Annie and Jay actually talked uh, de- uh, Democratic primary stuff up front, which we normally save for the back half of the show. Yeah. So if you, if you only listen to free, uh, you get a little bit of a different flavor. This week. There you go. So look forward to that. Um, let's get into the news. Uh, we talked Stadia languishing last week. Well, apparently they're not quite sitting on their laurels. Uh, they've opened a new game studio. And the thing that was surprising about this is that it's being headed up um, by Shannon Studstill. Now, you'd be forgiven if you don't know the name Shannon Studstill. It's not necessarily a household name. Uh, but she was most recently the vice president of product development, uh, and the head of the studio at Sony Santa Monica. Uh, if you don't know who Sony Santa Monica is, they made a little title back in 2018 called God of War uh, yeah. that a lot of folks liked quite a bit, uh, in addition to all the other God of War games that came out, among others. Uh, Santa Monica's been doing a lot of uh, good stuff. So, yeah. So, this is the, I think, second uh, internal Google Stadia studio, of course, last year. Um, they opened a new studio in Montreal, uh, that is headed up by Jade Raymond, uh, who's a very notable name within the industry. Um, but yeah, so like I said, Google making a half-hearted effort, I guess, or as much as they can to keep Stadia from languishing. But again, the only problem with, um, making hires like this is that you're not going to see the fruits of this decision for years, years possibly. <laughs> so, I mean... I guess this is definitely like a step. It shows that they're, you know, they're not just going to let it rot much as it feels like it's very dead in the water right now. Um, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, Google's one of the biggest tech companies in the world, if not the biggest at this point. Um, it's them and Amazon and then everybody else. Eh, a- Apple's actually bigger than Google, if you can believe it. Really? Yeah. All right. Um, so I, 
I guess it's the idea where it's like, it's not like they can't afford to do this. It's not like they can't afford to just sort of throw money at the problem, develop their own games for the platform. Um, but when, when again, as, as you said, the fruits of this sort of labor, the fruits of this investment aren't going to be there for years, probably. Um, you know, this, this might be a too little too late decision almost. I'm surprised that uh, Google is still pretending to care. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be pretty bad if they gave up six months into the project. I mean, all right, give them another six, I guess. <laughs> so, like I said, we'll see what happens here. Um, but but a good hire again if you're gonna and and like we'll talk about later in the show if you're if if you are uh, in a tough situation, um, hiring good people is a good way to at least try to dig your way out of it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there, uh, we speculated wildly last week about the, uh, what's going to happen with E3, uh, in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak that's going on as conventions and gatherings across the world in a variety of different things, uh, get canceled left and right. Of course, E3 is supposed to be only about three months away. Um, currently the state of California is under a state of emergency that was declared by, uh, governor Gavin Newsom last week. But the ESA says that E3 is still planning on going forward for now. Uh, I'll read the quote from them. Uh, The health and safety of our attendees, exhibitors, partners, and staff is our top priority. While the ESA continues to plan for a safe and successful E3 show June 9th through 11th, 2020, we are monitoring and evaluating the situation daily. Um, I feel like that they're just hoping and praying that this situation is resolved uh, by the time we get to like a month away from E3. I mean, speaking of someone who has to, it's currently planning on traveling for work at the end of June. And then again, in the middle of July, um, my office has sort of taken the same sort of stance wait of this, see, yeah. of very much like a wait and see scenario. Like it's one of those things where it's, it's too far out for them to really say like oh like we're we're obviously going to cancel because like what if it's curbed by you know six weeks from now yeah but um, when wh- for a show the size of e3 with as many attendees not not uh, between exhibitors and people right. just attending the show don't you have to make that decision pretty far in advance I mean, there's there's a lot I mean, of logistics that yeah, go into that. People I that would come say, out to like, there. yeah, obviously you have to. But then, like Emerald City Comic Con, which is an enormous event held mm. in Seattle, waited until fucking like three business days before that's their in, convention to cancel that's it. That's incredible. So, <laughs> I I think there's a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda scenarios happening here. This is not really the thing that you can necessarily plan for. I mean, at this point in time it's too far out for like an insurance claim to sort of kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people said, Oh, well, Emerald city waited until they did because they had to wait for basically the fucking like act of God clause to sort of kick in for them to be able to cancel and still get their money back from that scenario. Um, yeah, it's a tricky situation when, when we're, about three months out from E3, that's, you know, a 90-day window. There, a lot can happen in 90 mm. days as far as this is concerned. Um, so I don't know that it's necessarily 
I don't know that it would be the smartest thing from purely a marketing perspective for them to be like, we're canceling E3 in March when it's not until June. Like that's a whole quarter of a year for them to get this shit figured out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I don't necessarily blame them. Um, like you said, it's, this is, this is, uh, <laughs> logistically, this uh, this has to be something that's you know worked on for a while and to just be like all right maybe we can't do it when it's too much of a gamble it's and it's a that's a risk that i would take if i'm e3 especially with i mean i don't know if the people that run e3 give a damn about you know people's opinions of it but if if uh if e3 is still trying we are every year you know we always talk about is e3 relevant and this, that, and the other. I, I feel like you got to sit this. I feel like you got to go through this in order to make sure that pe- that you know people still think you are relevant. Because the the second you go a year without E three, people, I don't think people are going to be clamoring for it. I don't think people are going to be like, oh man, I really missed it this year. Uh, I, you know, because all the big studios can get their messages out the way they want quicker. And it's, I don't know. I, I, if you're E3, uh, you gotta, you gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least I, I think they have about 30 days to make that decision. And I think that by the time we get to early April, they're going to have to shit or get off the pot. Cause again, the logistics behind getting like, it's, it's not like exhibitors just, you know, walk in the door and we're like, Hey, what's up? Like the amount of equipment and, and and booth setup and things like that that all those exhibitors bring with them um, is staggering to say nothing of the of the personnel uh, part of the equation. So like I said, I think they there has to be a a pretty generous lead time for that call to be made. Um, I think Carrie's probably right. It's probably and you're both are right. Frankly, it's a little too early to make that call. But again, I think they have about thirty days uh, before they really have to to make a decision uh, one way or the other. I yeah. think they. I think they if they're going to call it, they're going to call it in May. Yeah, I think it's cutting it too close. I really <laughs> no, <don't. laughs> I, I think that's when they're gonna call it. I mean, speaking from my perspective as someone who attends a lot of these shows and whatnot, I mean, my parent company sent out a thing today saying that they're suspending uh, business air travel, restricting, uh, restricting non-air travel, restricting conference appearances and whatnot. So, mm. I mean. There's there's probably a lot of other companies who are in a similar position. Who- well, and that's and that's the other thing you have to worry about too. To that point, is is it's one thing if E three if the ASA is like E three will go on as planned. If your exhibitors don't plan on showing up, that's a whole other that's a whole other issue. So <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know that's sort of what happened with GDC, right? Is mm-hmm. that you know GDC they were like we're going to go on as planned, and then everyone pulled out, and they like, were nope. like, I guess we'll do it later. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me to see a similar situation happen with. E3, but again, it's it's sort of too far out to tell right now. So the next piece of news, um, I I do not remember when the speculation was that Ghost of Tsushima was supposed to come out. I could have sworn that they said sometime in 2021. Like I could have sworn that's what they said. It was it was 2020, and I was just getting yeah, things conflated. Okay, I yeah. still wasn't expecting it to happen. June 26th 
2020. But that's when Ghost of Tsushima uh, is now coming out. Um, yeah, they Sony said announced. summer 2020, and I'm like, all right, summer 2020 for people. Summer technically ends at the end of August. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking they would do. Summer it. technically but, ends in September. Right. So I thought they were going to do it at the end of August, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's it's coming out at a fantastic time. There's nothing coming out uh, no. at the end of June to compete with it. Um. And people, and like I said, the big stuff that you'd have to worry about, your, you know, it's 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 a month clear of of The Last of Us. Um, it comes out well before Cyberpunk, uh, the Avengers, uh, you know, the new consoles in general that'll be coming out. Uh, they also announced a hundred seventy dollar collector's edition that includes a mask that you can't wear, um, <laughs> as well as a wall banner, and uh, and 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 a cloth. Among some in-game items as well. And a cloth map of the island of Tsushima. So if you're a big Mass of Tsushima fan and you want uh, a half mask that's, that's going to sit on a stand that you can look at, uh, you can spend $170 on this collector's edition. Um, but yeah, pleasant surprise. Uh, we've been waiting for six years, if you can believe it. Uh, for the, a new really? game from Sucker, well, for a new game from Sucker Punch, oh, okay. Infamous Second Son came out six years ago. <laughs> All right, um, which is wow, both hard to believe, but also completely believable simultaneously. Like it feels like it's been an age since Infamous came out. Yeah, um, but it's still, it still feel, it still feels weird to say it's been six years since Second Son. Um, so yeah, very exciting, and it'll give us something to do. Uh, in what was shaping up to be a pretty lean uh, summertime, um, if you own a PS4, which is cool. Um, I didn't put this in the docket. I don't know why. I guess I should have probably mentioned it. Probably because it, actually, you know what? It, it comes up during the post office, so we'll we'll cover Horizon um, when we get there. Uh, next week, Spawn comes to Mortal Kombat 11, um, which we knew was happening. Uh, he's being voiced by. Michael Jai White, which means that Michael cool. Jai White has done the voice of two characters. Um, or no, it's, it's, it's Keith David. I'm sorry. Where did I see Michael <laughs> Jai White that was? Uh, Stu in the uh, fan group made a, a point that Michael Jai White has played two oh. combat characters before. Oh. All, I, all I saw was that article, Stu's comment, Michael Jai White. And I was like, oh, I guess they got Michael Jai White to do the voices. No, no. This is all of, this, this Mortal Kombat is all about throwing back to the 90s. And, and that's what you do. You throw back to the guy who voiced him in the 90s HBO show, uh, Keith David. The man with, uh, look, I'll say it, the sexiest voice in the world. <laughs> um... Yeah, so the Spawn trailer came out. Terrence was nonplus about it, and um, I don't know why. It, it it is literally like every Nether Realm uh, gameplay character trailer. It, it it's the same as all of them. Right. Um, Spawn. I mean, look, Spawn looks cool, but it's also a Nether Realm game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he still has those like overly animated stiff animations. And, and, but this, this series is always, Netherrealm, they're always, their, their presentation is phenomenal, right? Like it, they, all of their games and all of their characters look amazing. It's just that pesky gameplay that's just kind of not that. <laughs> mm. Now, you kind of need that in a fighting game. 
Now this fulfills um, the season pass. This is the last DLC character that's coming out that's been announced. Do we get more Micah or is this going to be it? Um, you know, normally I would say yes, but um, with the whole crunch being made uh, public, mm-hmm. the, um, I assume that that is the reason why these characters came out as uh, late as they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of uh, uh, season pass characters from NetherRealm came out once a month. Yeah, we are we are ten months after Mortal Kombat 11's release at this point, as we stand right now. So yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if if they were unless they were working on them in tandem. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if we would get a second season pass or you know season of characters. Um, yeah, I think I, I I think I think this might be the last Mortal Kombat like for a while. For well, a very, very, I, very I think long I think while. for at least the next three years it's going to be the last Mortal Kombat. If uh, no, I mean like for a good long while. Hmm. What well, what uh, makes um, you say? Or 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 if it does come back in three years, you know, because that's their cycle. You know, yeah. they do a, a Mortal Kombat and they do an Injustice. If if um, in the next three years they come back, you'll see Mortal Kombat be overhauled. Mm-hmm. It'll be totally, you know, it'll be totally new and and uh, not just the same game that we've been playing since 2009, 2000. uh, Yeah. 2009. Yeah. So just, just looking prettier. So, um, but yeah, spawn is here. All right. And spawn, spawn is cool. And look, he's voiced by Keith David. I mean, come on. Like this is, this is amazing. This, this will get me to turn it back on. I'm excited about spawn. I don't even play this game mostly because like the timing of this works really well for my job because mm. we're putting a uh, Todd McFarlane spawn Spider-Man crossover piece on the cover of our big money-making book this year. Mm-hmm. It's the first time McFarlane has done a spawn Spidey crossover professionally. So more people talking about spawn means that hopefully more people come across the book, which means we sell more copies, hopefully. So <laughs> that, that's why you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for, Oh yeah. I'm a big spawn fan. No, no, I'm not. It's I'm going to make I me think, money. Look, it's not going to make me money. <laughs> <laughs> it will make someone else money. Um, but yeah, look, Spawn is one of these like quintessentially 90s characters, and I've always thought his design was very cool, but I don't play Mortal Kombat, so. <laughs> yeah, they they got the 90s down, boy. The, oh, yeah. From the dialogue to the butt rock, like they 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 got the 90s Spawn thing down. Yeah, that was definitely some butt rock in the trailer, <laughs> too. Yeah, man. So, um... Just, so in to to wrap up the news, some surprising news today. 2K Games. I was shocked. Is now allowed to make licensed NFL football video games, but they are not allowed to do simulation NFL games, aka Mad a Madden style. competitor. Yes. So we're getting like like a fun football game instead? You're probably getting like NFL Blitz. Is, yeah, is what you're probably going to get. That's rad. So yeah, they um they, they announced the deal today. Um, 2K said there's already various games that are in early development uh, that will start releasing uh, in 2021. 
which for games that are smaller arcade style games is not too big of a surprise. Um, it is worth noting, um, the article points out that the deal that they have only covers the names, the logos, and the associated elements. That means like stadiums and things like that for the league and its teams. Um, they do not have a licensing agreement with the NFL PA, the Players Association. So they can't huh. use the names or likenesses uh, of the players uh, in the game. Uh, no word on whether or not they're working on an arrangement with the NFL PA or not, um, but just something to bear in mind that if they do make an arcade football game, you might get the teams, but then you might have a lot of players who are named like number eight quarterback <laughs> for the Ravens, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of folks are excited about this. Um, I'm sure EA is happy that uh, they're not going to get encroached on. In, in, in what they hold, help yeah, there's, hold off. There's so. a couple of notes in this article. Um, first of all, the, the new contract with 2K is only possible because of a change in the terms of the NFL's agreement with EA, which previously encompassed any kind of league licensed mm-hmm. video game, which is why EA was able to produce 2012's NFL Blitz. But uh, an NFL spokesperson said that EA's current exclusivity contract only covers NFL-licensed simulation football games. Uh, On top of that, EA's existing deal is currently set to expire in early 22 at the end of the football season. Uh, And while EA would presumably seek to renew its contract again for Madden, the NFL may finally be willing to open things up for some competition after more than 15 years of exclusivity. Um, And if by that point 2K has demonstrated the kind of talent for football that it's applied to basketball, maybe the NFL will be that much more willing to negotiate new contracts with all parties involved. So it'd be interesting um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, 2K games has a lot of money that they could throw at the (laughs) NFL to, to acquire that license. If there is a bidding war afoot. Um, The other interesting thing though, is that while it while it's not a poor performing game by any stretch of the imagination, just in terms of how games sell generally, um, the NFL license ain't what it used to be. No, ten years ago, and a large part of that is because it's been exclusive to EA, and EA has really only done Madden, except for the one year that they put out Blitz. Mm-hmm. It's like but you I- put out the same shit every single year. Like, sure, you've got people who are Madden lifers and who are very into that shit, but. You know, I'm someone who's very into sports. I'm not super into football, but like a huge part of the problem that I have with sports video games is the fact that the ones that are published by EA and to a lesser extent 2K, mm-hmm. because 2K does the, the NBA games, is they're all simulation style games. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play that because that's hard and it's not fun for me. It's time consuming if, as well. It's super time consuming. Look, if I want to watch a real baseball game, I'll just go into my living room and watch a real baseball game, not participate in a simulation of one, which I'm going to be bad at. Like I would I would rather play Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest on N64 over any version of the show. 
because that's just who I am as a fan. But are you uh, are you like an armchair quarterback type of uh, sports fan? I know that's oh, the wrong sport. But. No, I'm definitely an armchair manager when it comes to the Nationals. Are you kidding me? One hundred percent. So that doesn't appeal to you to to want to live out that fantasy? No. <laughs> in, no. in a simulation baseball game? No. You know what I want to do? I want to hit home runs. <laughs> but my my only my only qualm, I guess, with the um with this arrangement though, is there's gonna be a lot of olds out there that wax poetic about, you know, oh the glory days when, you know, NFL two K five was amazing and it was so much better than Madden and then EA came in and bought the license. But the problem is if you're between the ages of ten and thirty, you don't you don't have any fucking feelings towards NFL two K five. No. You know what I mean? So like I I just don't know if, if 2K jumping back into the NFL arena if, on a simulation basis would move the needle that much. Um but we'll see. Like I said, we're we're speculating uh the agreement that EA has uh, again as the article points out is still good for um at least another two Maddens. Um so we'll see what happens. But um I guess this might be a foot in the door. For 2K, but I'll play NFL Blitz. Like I said, I'm not much of an NFL fan anymore, but I do like the arcade sports games as well. So, you mentioned something about the NFL license not being as attractive. I thought you were going with the fact that the NFL is just a shit show. Well, I like, mean that that is, that is a part of it, but it's but it's still the most. I mean, it still makes a shit ton of money. It does in terms of it advertising and, and television broadcast rights and things of that nature. So though the NFL is a shit show, um, and though the quality of the product in the NFL, I, I would argue among the big four sports leagues is, is the least good, um, of the four of them. And NFL fans will balk at me, but I'm sorry. The TV viewing experience is all the, the TV view, okay, and, and, and the live and the live viewing experience. The live viewing experience is horrible, right? It's, but it's but the, the the TV one is just as bad, and people say, "Oh, well, you know, baseball is they're not even doing anything." I saw a report published that not only is the t- the average time of an M- MLB game now shorter than an NFL game, but there is more action. There's more actual in an MLB game than there yes. is in an NFL football game. That's yes. pretty damn sad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but goddamn, yo, that's pretty damn sad. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the NFL the NFL has a has a problem that hasn't caught up to them yet. But, but it, it will. will. And 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 to that point, I haven't made it a point to sit down and watch some of the new XFL games that have started um now that that's been yeah. going on for a month. Micah, Don't it's bother. it's a lot more fun than the NFL is right now. I can tell you that. I, I, I have wa- I have watched I watched the first week, I watched the second week, and then I forgot about it. The it is more entertaining. Yes. That's what I'm it, saying it, though. Because yeah. not because not, not only is the on field product it's it's obviously not as high skilled because I mean, come on, you're dealing you're dealing with you're dealing with people that couldn't make it to the NFL or washed out of the NFL. But just the like like the the game is much more of a college style game. It's a little bit more wide open. Um, the the gimmicks that are in the XFL this time are not stupid like they were yeah, in the I, first I iteration like of the, the XFL. The one, two, or three extra point thing. Right, and 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 the two passes. 
on, yeah. on one play. Did you see the play where the quarterback threw the pass? It bounced off of the helmet of his lineman back into his hands, and then he was able to throw another pass because that's the <laughs> rules of the XFL. Like, that's the kind of shit that, that, that makes that league what it is, basically. So I, like I mean, the... I, I know that the D.C. market in particular is very concerned about the XFL right now because the D.C. defenders are packing the place and the Redskins can't fucking pay people to show up to those games. <laughs> yeah, and all it took was the DC Defenders winning two games in a row. <laughs> well, to be fair, maybe they're I not they're, they're not, not used to the Washington professional racist. football team uh <laughs> being able to string that kind of a winning streak together. So one thing I do like about the XFL, and then we can stop talking about the fucking XFL, <laughs> but I, I do like the fact that uh, the sideline reporters are right there in their faces <laughs> when they fuck up, dude. <laughs> like as soon as they get to the hey, sidelines. So what was that about? <laughs> what, what, what exactly was that about? <laughs> so what were you thinking when you threw that interception? <laughs> <laughs> So they had the one. They had the one quarterback that threw his coach directly under the bus when they were interviewing yeah. him during the game. <laughs> Shit was hilarious. It was just straight up like, "Oh, these plays are bullshit." That's, that's what's fun. <laughs> these plays that they have me running are dumb. <laughs> uh, that's it for the news. Uh oh, I forgot to look up what Weeb stuff is. Anyway. <laughs> Go to uh, go, go get to, go get your DC Defenders jersey for <laughs> get your DC Defenders shield at uh, at uh, www dot uh, no not web services dot densepixels dot com slash Amazon for all of your uh, Amazon purchases. Um, there you go. I just typed in Weeb Amazon and clicked on the first link. Wow. And <laughs> and, uh, and you have a shirt that says my waifu greater oh, than your waifu. <laughs> and you can get Great. it in a, you can get it in a number of different colors. Um for sixteen ninety nine, when you go to www.densepistols.com slash Amazon. Uh, when you go to www.densepistols.com slash Amazon, like, do you ever see those, like, 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 those, like, anime-style clothing, right? Like, like, vests with hoods and, like, like, all these cool-looking outfits, right? That, that and, and it's like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Maybe I could buy that. And then you look at the size chart, and it's like... These are Asian men's sizes. And I'm like, yo, there's Asian no sizes. way. <laughs> <are the worst. laughs> they like, don't make any goddamn sense. First of all, they're all in centimeters, which is bullshit. Second of all, uh, I have on several occasions like purchased costumes because I've been cosplaying since 2002 and I've reached the point of pure laziness and I don't want to fucking make something that I can just Amazon Prime directly to my house. Why would... Uh, so on more than one occasion, I've gone online and like ordered like two sizes up from what I think I need. Being like, I know this is going to run small if I order up and it's still a little big. I have a sewing machine and I can take it in, right? Using my one functioning brain cell. And it comes in and it's still fucking this, too tight. <laughs> this sounds like me when I'm ordering. Any sense. This sounds like me when like I'm ordering. a 3XL and like I can't put my leg through the 
fucking pant leg. This is like when I'm wearing soccer jerseys because soccer jerseys are cut to be to fit snugly because they're athletic wear. So like I have to buy three sizes above what I normally would wear to get it to fit like a to regular fit ass your shirt. Very athletic body. Yes, very much so. Like I said, gotta, gotta love a shirt where the chest is always cut dramatically wider than the stomach. And I'm like, guys, I need the opposite ratio going on to, to, <laughs> to, to make this happen right like. now. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our top stories this week. So look, we have been um, reticent to cover many hard-hitting GameStop stories over the years. Because um, we couldn't. Because I couldn't say shit about it. Because I was employed by the company. Because you weren't there. Because I was employed by the company. Um, that's not the case anymore. Um, and we I've, still need to do a fucking oh, we GameStop shade episode. We will. Um, that's still forthcoming. But I, look, I've gotten my last paycheck from the company. They even paid me out my uh, my accrued vacation time. So they oh, I goodness. they are they are now not on the hook I to me for anything. So I can speak freely about GameStop. So look, here's the deal. Um. Fuck GameStop? Well, no, not it's not. I'm not even anywhere close to that opinion by any stretch of the imagination. But I could talk about the the, the direction of the company and how it's going. And as bad, the, well, th- so things look very bad um, from the outside for the past couple of years. But I can tell you from the inside, um, those sales were down. You know, they'd be down like you know six percent one year, seven percent the next year, that kind of thing. We weren't really feeling it. On the inside of the company, too terribly much. Like, like, like it, it had the 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 situation being dire. Um, that mindset did not trickle down to the rank and file, folks. Um, I mean, it was it was obvious to some extent with the different business ventures that they were trying and things of that nature to bring in new streams of revenue. But the company still felt pretty good. That was not the case for pretty much all of 2019. 20, 2019 yeah. is where things is where you could really start to feel it. Um, yeah, if you my, worked at a GameStop store. my best friend is an assistant manager at a store up in New York City, and it has seemed like it's just been a downward spiral of bullshit. Yeah. For the last year or so, in in terms of uh, the the rank and file sort of feeling this. Feeling the pressure, um, I think she has it worse because her like district manager kind of sucks, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of like, well, why aren't you making these sales? And it's like because people don't want this bullshit. Like, well, not even that, they but don't it's, want it's, it. it's, it's, like, it's a it's a perfect storm of bad situations because you have these consoles now that have been out for six and a half years, so you're going to be in a down cycle anyway. Um, digital continues growing. Mm-hmm. Hugely year at year over year for the past several years, which is not doing anyone any favors. Um, companies are really trying, you know, trying to move toward like subscription based services. That's not going to help retail at all anymore. But the point is that the 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 kind of apex of this came um, during Q four uh, twenty nineteen, which which has holiday when revenue was down twenty five percent year over year. That's very bad. That's extremely um, bad. Jesus. So when you have uh, – GameStop's gone through a lot of um, personnel changes, especially at the top of the company over the past year. They Pretty much their entire executive team um, was replaced within the past 18 months um, with new CEOs and new other executives heading the company. 
but the board of directors, um, who is kind of in tr- the for those that don't understand how how corporations work, publicly traded ones, the board of directors kind of represents the interests of the stockholders. So they're 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 they kind of hold the keys to the financial decisions for the company. They're not the ones that necessarily come up with the strategy, but they have to sign off on the direction that the company is going in financially because they're there to protect the interests of the people investing in the company. And those folks had pretty much the, – the board had remained largely the same for a long time. Um, Dan DiMattiao, who used to be the CEO of the company for many years, he was the original CEO of the company, um, Was the had, has been the board chairman for quite some time. Well, they've decided to shake things up. There's a lot of old board members that are retiring or leaving within the next year or two um, and a lot of new board members coming in, um, none more notable – then former president of Nintendo of America, Reggie Fizeme. I can't um, believe joining my boy the Reggie. GameStop board of directors. Reggie's finally president of video games. He did it. <laughs> 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 Nothing but respect for my president. Yeah, I think this is one of the smartest things GameStop could have done is bring in a guy who has such a track record of success. When it comes to the video game industry, I mean, Reggie is a guy who saw all of the ups and downs of the Wii, the Wii U, and then the launch of the Switch. Um, I mean, it's it's a smart decision. Um, he's being joined on the board by Bill Simon of uh, Walmart, PepsiCo, and Nabisco, and uh, J.K. Simonek, or si- Simancic, I don't know. Uh, who's uh, worked for PetSmart, Academy Sports and Outdoors, and Sam's Club. Um, Those two are taking their seats on the board immediately. Reggie is joining in April. I don't know if his presence is going to save this company, but he may have a clearer vision as far as where this company needs to go in the current gaming environment than the folks who have been sitting on the board for the last decade and their bright idea was, how many fucking Funko Pops can we possibly <laughs> put in these stores? So what I can tell you, um, and I'll, I'll choose my words carefully because I can't give away like specifics. Um, the, the company, the, the executive team of the company, at least while I was still there, and we talked about this at the last store manager conference, wanted to seeming like, seemingly wanted to take the stores in more of a direction – that is almost akin to like an Apple store, if that makes sense, where it's much more communal. I've um, seen like they've started to do some of these concept mm-hmm. stores in certain test markets where you almost have like a land cafe. Yes, that, that's which that's I one think of the things is sort of like a it's not a terrible idea, particularly in communities <laughs> who where they maybe aren't. Where, where maybe having internet at home is a luxury um, to, to be able to, to charge people, you know, X amount of dollars a year for the fucking pro card. Because I think that's all, all it takes to, like, swipe in for an hour or whatever mm-hmm. to play Fortnite um, at these concept stores. Uh, land, land cafes are successful all around the world, but they've never really seemed to catch on in America in mm-hmm. the same way. Um, I think a lot of that is because we're just assumed to have 
internet access at home, but there's still large swaths of the country where broadband internet access is mm-hmm. not available. Um, so I don't think it's a terrible idea. I just don't really know how they're going to market it when right. part of the reason why GameStop is doing so terribly is because the experience of walking into a GameStop as a customer sucks. Well, but that's that's what they're trying to change. So So they're thinking... Smaller footprint, which means fewer stores, um, cleaner layouts, which means less <laughs> yeah. like collectible product. Um, the, the thing that we were kind of instructed to envision is imagine like when you go to a game section, you know how right now they have every game represented in the section. Mm-hmm. Now you'll have like a touchscreen monitor that you can browse the catalog on, which you can check out trailers, screenshots, that kind of stuff. That tells you what's in stock. Right. You'll have the new releases exhibited on the wall, like in like larger displays. And then like the actual games themselves, the game cases will be in drawers below hand so that you're not going to see all the clutter and all the bullshit. Um, But yeah, cleaner stores, um, more of a communal experience. That's, that's the kind of thing they're going for. And um, I, I assume that they're looking to bring in, new leadership at the top on, on, on the investor side, uh, that would be more in line with doing stuff that's outside of the box. Yeah. Um, and, and making it a different experience. Um, because that's, I mean, let's, let's get real. I mean, that's, that's the only way, um, that GameStop is going to survive is by doing something dramatically different than what they're doing, because what they're doing right Mm now, um, is an outdated model. That's not, uh, that's that's not cohesive with the times that we're living in currently. Um, I, I I've told my friends um, that have that still work there and have worked there before. I'm like, look, the next five years for GameStop are going to be transformative. They're either going to be a completely different company than what they are today in five years, or they're not or going to be go a company under. in five years. Like that. Like it's it's probably it's going to be one of those two things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I. I had, I had, you know, a fucking pro card. I guess it was previously known as an edge card or whatever. <laughs> um, I think I still have my old, old, oh, old Mike, edge card. Mike and I are very familiar with the edge card. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been a, a GameStop customer for a long time, but after the most recent time that my like pro membership ran out, I just sort of let it. I didn't renew. Um, because basically over the last two or three years, like going to GameStop has become like an increasingly unpleasant exper- experience. Like the stores are cluttered. Um, mm-hmm. Well, especially, especially the store that you would go to on a regular basis mm-hmm. is very crowded. I mean, and- that one in particular is awful. Yeah. And, um, you know, I... I get on well with the um, the manager of that store. I like him specifically a lot. But there have been other times where it's like, and I know it's not the employee's fault, having been an employee for GameStop for four and a half years myself, but like it sucks to be harangued about pre-orders and this, that, and the oh, other. It, and ha- it, happened, like, it happened to me the other day. I, 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 I actually like, went I just in. want to like <laughs> buy my fucking game and leave. Like I Dude. don't. I don't need to hear this feel like I'm not going to pre-order with you at this point. If I'm pre-ordering a game, which isn't even something that happens as frequently for me as it used to, I'm generally pre-ordering like a collector's edition through Amazon because I don't buy physical games at this point, unless it's a collector's edition of some sort, or I'm just getting the game digitally. So what do you do when, uh, when you, uh, 
walk into a GameStop and they start with the checklist of things that they have to send you. Do you did you just sit there and just I just say, no, thank you. Would you like a pre-order? Well, no, so 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 for so for I, me, the I, I pro- try to be very nice <laughs> to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm not I, here to make so anyone's day worse because I've been on the receiving end of shit customers hmm. more times than I could possibly count. So the last thing I want to be is like that person in someone else's life. So I usually just sort of let them go say what they have to say and say like no thanks like that's 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 where i'm at slide my card get out of there i'll i'll let you know when it happens because i'm I'm still too fresh out that when i go to a gamestop store in the area there's usually at least one person there who knows who i am so if there's like a new boy who's like goes through the spiel like that person will quickly cut them off and be like that you don't have to do that like brad's, <laughs> brad's an og like it's, it's not you don't have to you don't have to go through this. so like i said wait wait a few months till less people know me and uh and i'll let you know uh how that how i feel about but much like you guys like i said i've been on the other side of the table i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be prickly about it i understand they're doing what they gotta do right yeah. So, yeah. i think like the the only time that like i've been like shitty to a GameStop employee is the GameStop by my office. Um, I went in on my lunch break just to like get something real quick. I was thinking I was going to be in and out of there very quickly. And like in the middle of the transaction, this dude answers the phone and then proceeds to spend the next 15 minutes dealing with the person on the phone instead of just ringing me out. And I was just like, cool guess my time isn't fucking <laughs> worth it to you guess we're just gonna waste my time today and i'll stand here and like gesture at you to ring me out and you just didn't fucking do it that's one of the only times that i've like complained about a GameStop employee where they're like do the survey and i'm like you really want me to do the survey all right well guess i'm doing the survey we'll <laughs> see what happens so, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things uh, evolve over the next several years. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be. I mean, I, look. I, put it, put it this way, though. I'm happy that I'm seeing it from the outside looking in, as opposed to yeah, the the, like, the opposite. In spite of my personal experience, having worked at GameStop, having worked at many different GameStops, and had many different terrible experiences working for GameStop, it's not like I want them to fail. I just want them to do better. Because I remember, like, being a kid and, like, having fun at a GameStop, like, trying new games and talking about video games and not just being, like, pitched to the entire time I'm in the store. So, like, if we can change the experience to make it, like, more of, like, a destination within a mall again, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope they're able to do it. I don't exactly have a ton of confidence that they're able to do it in the current retail apocalypse that we're living through. But I hope that the hiring of Reggie helps steer the company in that direction. How are they going to make it more like an Apple store when there isn't, there isn't a, a proprietary product that people would want to go specifically there for? But there, there kind of is, though. And that's game consoles. So, th- so think about it. Like, if you like, I mean, if, like, yeah. well, like right, if, so, if, if you want to buy a Switch Lite, you're an impulsive fellow, much like I am. Do you want to buy it on Amazon? And I really don't. Maybe yeah. get it the next day, or do you want to order it, like purchase it on the GameStop app, 
and then just walk into a store and get it and go. Like that, like yeah. that's been most of my experience at the Apple store is I'll, yeah. I'll buy the thing on the Apple app and I'll, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to Towson to pick it up. And then I walk in the store and I'm like, I bought this thing and they're like, let me go get it. And then they give it to me and then I'm out. Like, I don't, I don't need to be shopping around the Apple store, but there are some people that do like, there are some people that need to go to the Apple store to do the tutorials so that they show they you how to use your fucking iPad correctly. Can you imagine if GameStop started doing placed like PlayStation five tutorials? Like here's how to use your game console parents so that you don't brick this fucking thing and then come to us and are just like, here's, what the here's how you problem? set up your console to have parental controls so that your kid doesn't charge $285 to your credit card buying V bucks on Fortnite. Like, yeah, all right. I you make a good point. They're gonna have to hire the right people, man. Because yeah. that is not but you the know. but like the plus, someone with a whole molecule of charisma. Well, but here but here's the thing though. The reason that the Apple store can get those people is because they pay very competitive wages. The reason that they can pay competitive wages, aside from the fact that Apple's like the richest company on the planet, is also because there's only like one Apple store in like every 30 mile radius. You know what I mean? Like there's not, mm. there's not one in every fucking corner. So there's going to be some pain that GameStops have to go through. There's definitely going to be a contraction of GameStop stores. You're going to see them cut out a lot of locations over the years as leases expire to get rid of the dead weight. But by having a smaller footprint, and it doesn't change your revenue that much because less games because you because it's not like the GameStop stores are still going to be scarce like they're still going to be probably more than there needs to be, um, but because you have fewer locations and you're hiring, you know less or you have less employees, you can maybe start to pay a little bit better, and that's how you get good people working at your stores. Okay, so it'll be interesting. It will be it'll, interesting. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see if, uh, especially if if. Uh, Reggie Fizami can um is instrumental in this. Like if anybody can. He well, can. and 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 just let me underline the impact that one member of the board of directors oh, has oh, yeah. is not good is not yeah. gonna be hugely consequential. Right. Um right. but you want smart people involved in the decision making process. And Reggie Fizame has shown um that he's a very smart person. Uh, in the business sense. So like I said, bringing him in and also bringing in other seasoned executives like they have um, in this situation is is there. And and the uh, frankly, the guy they brought in for as, as the CEO last year um, is encouraging as well. He's the guy that kind of turned around Best Buy a little bit. Um, and I can tell you that it is infinitely more pleasurable to walk into a Best Buy store now than it was five years ago. Um, and the guy that's the current CEO of GameStop had a, had a huge hand in, in kind of steering them back towards that direction. So put it this way, if GameStop fails, it's not going to be from lack of, of trying. It, they're, 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 they're doing some outside-of-the-box stuff. Um, they're thinking differently. And so that's a good thing. Whether it's yeah. too late in the game, that remains to be seen. Um, we'll, we'll go quicker on this because we actually spent more time on that story than I thought we might. Um, Overwatch is doing something very interesting. So... They've started in their competitive mode, not not the regular gameplay mode, but the competitive mode specifically, uh, removing heroes uh, yeah, from the pool of use. Yeah, four heroes, and it'll, the the heroes that are banned from competitive will change 
every week, I think. Yeah, yes, and they, so, and they said no hero will ever be out for more than two weeks in a row. Right. Um, so, but they're doing this to shake up the meta because there's a lot of characters, or uh, you know, like in any game like this, uh, or any fighting game as well, there's you know, some characters that are used at disproportionately high levels um, compared to other characters. Now, this is interesting to me because this is something that you see pretty regularly in competitive like card gaming and stuff like that. So like in Magic the Gathering, yeah. not only do they will they ban specific cards that are overpowered, Magic actually does um, two different formats for their competitive – well, three different formats, but two main formats in their competitive scene where you have the unlimited format, which you can use any card from any set ever. But the main competitive format – there's always a rotate there, – there's like a core set that, that exists that, that's like a base of cards that you can use. But then you can only use cards um, aside from that from the previous three sets. And for those that don't, un, that don't realize, Magic the Gathering releases a new set of cards um, every quarter. So basically you can use a year's worth of cards um, in competitive play at any given time. This is a maquette that Hearthstone uh, also adopted into their game as well, where they're rotating out older sets of cards. CCGs need to do this because the card pool gets so bloated that it becomes impossible to contain everything, um, contain the different synergies, so you have to trim out the stuff. Um, we, Aside from Hearthstone, which is a card game at heart, we've never really seen that in a video game before. Like, I've never seen a fighting game just straight up ban characters from being used in competitive play. Because they get used too frequently. And I actually think of Overwatch more like a fighting game um, than I do like a competitive shooter. Just because the characters are so unique uh, yeah. in, from one another. So this is interesting to me. Um, I haven't really seen reaction from the Overwatch community. Um, I'm assuming if you're a main of any of these characters, you're going to be pretty pissed off when they get bounced out for a couple weeks at a time. Uh, and you can't use them in competitive play. Uh, but I guess you're just going to have to get good, as the kids say. Uh, mix, <laughs> mix things up a little bit. Um, what do you guys think about just straight ripping characters out of your out of your competitive gameplay to mix up your meta uh, in Overwatch? I mean, I don't pay attention to Overwatch because I don't think it's a good game. But um, I think uh, I know enough about Overwatch to know that there's like certain meta strats that have just like been what they are. And like, if your team isn't made up of these characters, then you're just going to fucking lose. Um, so for the sake of forcing people who play overwatch competitively into doing something different every week, um, I think that will make the game more interesting. I also think it's going to make competitive players extremely salty. So whatever. Get good. I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting idea. I, I think um, this game is the only type of game that might be able to do it. Like you've been making the fighting game comparison, and I'm trying to think of, you know, like the last game that I really, really saw people just using one team over and over again was Marvel vs. Capcom Three, and it got boring. It got yeah. really boring. Uh, to see two high-level players doing the same stuff, and it's just a race to see who can hold on to their combos. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the the uh, the, the uh, 
the way that they're trying to shake things up, you know, like they're, they're, um, uh, it, it almost makes me wish I actually paid attention to Overwatch, uh, just to see what it would look like before and after, you know? Well, well, we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, like I said, it's not something that I know enough about to be able to speak intelligently on it, but, uh, I, I just found it interesting, um, just from the standpoint of, uh, of balancing. Cause I know that, you know, metas are a tricky thing. Sometimes you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to design a game that the same, like two or three characters are used all the time. That's bad. That's bad game design. If that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. but this also seems like a extreme way to handle that situation as well. But again, you can only do so much tweaking on the edges. Um, to balance things out. So uh, we'll move on to the post office. We're going to keep this trimmer than usual again. And we're going longer than I, than I thought we would this week. Um, we'll start with Gustavo who asks, are the new consoles uh, going to be delayed? Of course, uh, I don't think in result so. of the coronavirus situation. Yeah. They, with, with stuff like this, they don't usually have, or they, they try not to plan like razor thin, deadlines and, and dates for this kind of stuff because shit happens sometimes. Um, so they try to, they try to give themselves a fair amount of leeway to, to plan for unforeseen issues like a pandemic going across the world. Yep. Um, so no, probably not. And, and again, if that was going to be the case, um, you'd probably be hearing about that more. I think the only thing that you'd have to worry about is what we talked about a few weeks ago where, um, delays and availability of components might be an issue. Mm. Um, but as far as the actual production of the consoles themselves, as long as they can get the parts, uh, they'll be okay. I think. I yeah. like Gustavo's second question. Well, it's, I wasn't even going to ask it cause it's technically no, not a, uh, it's, it's not a gaming related question, which is no, nope, but to I stick think to. I want to hear you guys both answer it. All right. Ladies first. <laughs> All right. The, what is the most athletic thing you've done? Um, for me, I played softball when I was nine years old <laughs> and I was a catcher. Uh, I also did marching band. Now that being said, I was in the front ensemble, so I didn't have to march a lot. Um, but I was responsible for dragging these flat carts that had like amplifiers and keyboards and whatnot on them, um, out to center uh the 50 yard line so having to do that and then having to like yank all of that equipment back off the field that requires a lot of um i would i would say athleticism also i go to the uh, gym so like i'm i'm trying out here so did you have a uh did you have a black drum major i went to towson dude no okay never mind Uh, Because black drum majors, every look, every black drum major I've seen. High stepping. We didn't do high they, stepping. They I went to Franklin High School and Towson University. We did not <laughs> high step. Yeah, you know the, who the high, high steps? The, the highest step you guys did was a fucking hacky sack kick. Mm. <laughs> That's some shade, but I'll allow it. No, we roll stepped. We we roll stepped in in those marching bands. No, um, like we we would we would do games like against Morgan where like either they would come to us or we would go to them. Um, and 
yeah, I I can't I can't handle looking at that. I'm like, man, my knees hurt looking at that. Are you kidding me? Dude's out here with a whole ass tuba high stepping for 20 minutes at a time. I die. Uh, most athletic thing I've done. I used to, uh, uh, you know, I'm not coordinated in the slightest. So <laughs> you know, uh, I've been called a waste of height because I don't know how to play basketball. Uh, I know how to play basketball. I don't do it well. Um, I can't catch a ball. I can't hit a ball with a stick. Um, uh, so the most athletic thing I've done is I used to run. Uh, when I was courting my now wife, she used to run. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll, I'll go all day with you. I'll run like like a dummy. Uh, but it worked. And um, I, I used to I used to run. Uh, the fastest I've run is not fast, but I've I've done a seven minute mile. And um, while that is not fast, it is it is it is fast for a man in his. That is that that is the 30s. most athletic thing you have done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the question is. Yeah. I mean, I used to play baseball. Um, definitely not the most athletic of sports. What position? Uh, first base and catcher. So I did have to do a lot of getting up and getting up and squatting down for many, many years. Um, I, I have hit more than one inside the park home runs in, Ah. in baseball. So, I mean, I, I did have to scoot around the bases in uh, a pretty record time. Uh, was, was, uh, was there an error and it got, uh, Micah, it's little, to a it's little Damn. league. It's always a legit double with two throwing errors that allow you to get around <laughs> when it's inside the mark run. And actually I did hit one, uh, legitimate home run. Uh, most of the fields we played on didn't have, uh, perimeter fencing. Um, but one of them did, and I did crank out uh, an estimated 350-foot home run that is uh, when nuts. I was 12 years old, which was pretty. I, I was pretty impressed with. I mean, in fairness, aluminum bat league, it's going to carry yeah. a little bit further. But still, I was pretty fucking pleased with myself uh, that I jacked a home run that would have been a home run in most major league ballparks around, <laughs> around the world. My problem when so. I played softball and I played catcher was I hit my growth spurt pretty quick when I was a kid. So the shin guards didn't cover my knees the whole way. <laughs> so I took a lot of foul balls off of my kneecaps. Let me tell you something. Um, the little, the, the calf pads that they have, like the squat pads that they use nowadays, I would have given anything to have those oh. when I was, uh, when I was, a, when I was a youngster for sure. Those things are fucking amazing. Yeah. That, that, and when I, and when I played travel, um, it was always a luxury having the separate catcher's mask and helmet instead of the oh, one yeah. piece because you couldn't really throw off the one piece when you were trying to throw out someone trying to steal a base. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could very easily do it with the with the separate mask. That was a lot easier. Why do you have to throw off the mask to throw out someone trying to steal a base, you might ask? Because it looks cooler. Than it, it does if you if you just try to throw it with the mask on because and when you throw the mask on like when you throw the mask like comes it, it's no good you want to throw the mask off and then chuck the ball down there I enjoyed catching a lot actually even though it fucked my fucked my knees up for a long time even as a kid yeah. um, Cam says he rewatched Resident Evil two three and four the movies um, for some <sighs> reason and he says that he would argue that it's the most disrespectful take. Uh, on a video game amongst video game movies, he asks if there's a more egregious example. There, uh, There is no answer to this question that's not Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
That's it. That's the one. Super Mario Brothers is definitely more disrespectful to the source material than the Resident Evil movies. Like, look, the Resident Evil movies have fuck all to do with the games, but I would argue they are at least watchable. I mean, they got the genre right. <laughs> and, 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 and they're at least like half, like half-heartedly trying to stick in the ballpark of the source material. I yeah, guess. They're, they're like, oh crap, we, we made this movie and then called it Resident Evil. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, let's just have a character named Leon in the yeah. next one. And a character named Claire in the next one. Like at least they're, but it, you know, it's, it's zombies and people. And look, the way that series went, it got closer to the movies than the right. the original and, movies got closer to the game. And, and look, you got you had yeah in the movies you had Wesker and he's kind of pretty much Wesker, and you had the Nemesis and you had all these other characters that were in the games that were kind of sort of close to what they were in the games. But Mario, speaking speaking of Nemesis, did did you see that in the Resident Evil Three remake, Nemesis will be able to break into safe rooms? <laughs> I heard that was uh, misreported. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard that was misreported. Oh, damn. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but Mar- Mar- yo, Super Mario, Mario Brothers, Brothers is, is fucking terrible. ridiculous, yo. Like, uh, uh, the, 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 big, the big giant dragon lizard was a, was a dude with, like, fucked up cornrows. And, and, and the two Italian plumbers from Brooklyn, one was this Hispanic dude named Luigi Mario. Luigi and, Mario. Uh, and uh, look, that's one thing that they got right. People in New York don't say Mario. They say Mario. Mario. M-A-R-R-Y dash O uh, for some strange God, reason. I'm looking at Koopa from this movie, and it's awful. It's super awful. E- even when he became like like King Koopa at the end, like it was, it looked just like a, like a velociraptor. Like it didn't he even look had, like a dragon. Terrible. It was awful. That that's that that is and always will be the most egregious representation of of the of a game franchise in film. What about yeah. double? What about double dragon? And look, at least in Double Dragon, <laughs> you had two brothers fighting against you know a, a a evil dude that you know knew kung fu. You know what I mean? Like 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 at yeah. least it, like at, at least it was like in the ballpark. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at it like, look, I love Street Fighter. It's a bad movie, but I love it. And um, it had uh, Guile, whose name is Colonel William F. Guile in this movie for some strange reason, uh, fighting a dictator named Bison. Uh, that's all you really need. Mortal Com- even the even Mortal Kombat Annihilation, you know, as stupid as Mortal Kombat's story is, it followed it. Uh, Blood Rain, I didn't see that because that was an Uwe Boll film. House yeah, of the Dead. I would say anything Uwe Boll has done is more disrespectful than Resident Evil. Is it, th- is it though? Is it? Like he did Postal and it's just about people going like that That fucking game, that game was an Uwe Boll movie that he didn't do yet. Like he and, did House of the Dead. He did Alone in the Dark, which is terrible. Yo, Blood Rain had a sequel? It had two, I think. Yo, you're right. 
They did three Blood Rain movies. Yeah. Dude, that game isn't even that good. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. Yeah, yeah but, you, but you have to remember that around that time, like, Underworld was really popular, so people were like, uh, dark vampires are really cool. Like, we have to make as many movies about this as we possibly can. So... Uh, we will go with the last question. Um, alluded to this earlier. Amir asked, with Horizon Zero Dawn going to PC later this year, what other first-party Sony games do you think will head over there? Is uh, Spider-Man technically a first-party game? Yes. Yeah, because they bought uh, Insomniac. Yes. Insomniac. So I would not be surprised if Spider-Man, who is you know, one of the world's most popular superheroes, um, uh, under one of the world's most popular brands uh, in one of that year's most popular games, uh, yeah. head over to PC. Like, that, this is a no-brainer. That that would have been my answer as well, though. So. I think that you might see this more often now from Sony. It's, it's Doing it with Horizon's kind of a surprising move of of all the games to do it with but i could see as kind of a way to just inject like a little bit more sales out of the game like a couple years after the game releases on ps4 and it's had its time on there possibly testing the waters with a a decent chunk of their first party catalog um doesn't sony also have to start publishing um mlb the show on other platforms yes but that that's 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 kind of a separate thing different but um, that, that, that's, that's because of the new agreement that they signed with, with major league baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, last of us two in a couple of years, possibly making its way to PC, maybe like a God of war, that kind of stuff. So like, but, but again, the people are like, Oh, it's just like Microsoft. No, they're not like horizons coming to PC three years after the game released on PS4. Like it, like if you were going to buy a PS4, for Horizon, you've done it by now. Like it's yeah. not like they're going to be losing out on PS4 sales um, by moving this over to PC, which is wholly different than releasing your first-party games day and date uh, on PC uh, and not exclusively on your platform. So, like I said, I think Sony will, especially if this is successful, um, they'll dabble in it some more. This might be like a test case, honestly. Like they might be doing this because, like, yeah. all right, popular game but not like the most popular game that's in our catalog. Yeah. Um, let's see what we can do if we put this over on PC and we'll see if this is something that's worth, you know, approaching in the future. Yep. So, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for submitting questions. Um, again, we had to cut it short because we're running close to an hour and a half here uh, this week. But again, if you uh, want to submit questions to us, when we ask for them, uh, make sure you join our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans. Again, subs- I may answer some of these questions on my own. Just- well, there you go. Yeah, if we didn't answer it on the show, Carrie will hop in and, and provide her answers uh, for you <laughs> in the comments down there. Um, make sure you subscribe to this show and all of the other TNP Studio shows wherever you get your podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, follow Carrie on Twitch at SuffixCarrie. If you have been, you've been seeing some Fallout New Vegas gameplay. Uh, from her recently. Yeah, I'll be getting back to that soon. Probably not this week because uh, stretching myself too thin in my life. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. But I've been having a lot of fun with New Vegas. That game's really good. And and uh, Terrence, uh, Apparition 410 has been streaming some Dragon Ball Fighters uh, playing the new update since that came out as well. 
So uh, that is it for us this week. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. Thanks. See you.